The Little Scotty Show. Also known as, what do I have to do? Put a nail through your head? One of the classic, classic things my dad said to me when I was growing up. So I thought, I well, maybe I should tell the story again. My dad was giving me driving lessons. I was 15. I had my permit. I had driven before. I wasn't really in need of lessons, but he insisted. So I uh, got in the car with him, little Volkswagen Beetle, and uh, we drove. It was a four-speed. I knew how to drive, or five-speed. I knew how to drive a manual transmission. So off we went, and uh, first stoplight we came to, the light turned yellow, and I floored it, so I made the light. And he said to me, you can't do that. That's not, you're supposed to stop or at least try to stop before you get through the yellow light. And I said, Dad, you you go through yellow lights all the time. And he goes, I know, but that's me. You're not supposed to. You're just learning how to drive. If you do that during the test, they'll flunk you. Okay. So um, I ended up, you know, going up to the next stoplight. Sure enough. Turns yellow. I blow through it. He's getting madder. And he's starting to yell a little bit and starting to tell me, you know, this is not funny. You need to do this right. And so then I uh, couldn't have been a mile more away from the stoplight I had just gone through. And there was another one. And sure enough, yellow. And my instincts, you know, just were to go through it. So I went through it. And he turned to me and said, what do I have to do? Drive a nail through your head? And I decided to name this podcast, what do I have to do? Drive a nail through your head? Because it is one of the funniest things I've heard a parent say to a child, actually a teenager, in my life. So, unfortunately, my dad is gone, has been gone for about nine years, and uh, I miss him dearly, but he had some funny things, and sometimes when we were little, he wasn't so funny either. So, But when he got older, he was a great guy, so I miss him. So anyway, enough about that, and uh, I thought today we would talk about something that I wrote in one of my books. If you ever want to look for my books, it's if you type uh, on Amazon, if you type in... Well, the novel I wrote was called Roadside. That's kind of a life-after-death novel. Very kind of cool, I thought. I thought when I wrote it, it was a good story. So if you type in Roadside by Scott Moss, M-O-S-S, it should come up. And uh, if you feel like spending three ninety nine on it, you can purchase it for your Kindle. It'll also, I think, transfer to your iPad or if you have the Kindle app, so you could read it. It's something I think you might like. So, Also, some of my other books, the two that are stories that I've written for newspapers are there too, but uh, that's up to you. I'm not going to push you to get anything you don't want. So, But I want to read an article out of this one today because my wife is now the head of the school nurses in our town. So she was first the school nurse at the kindergarten. A while back, I got a tour of the kindergarten, and uh, boy, let me tell you, 
I really wanted to go back to kindergarten really badly, other than the fact that I wouldn't fit in the seats and the chairs would break, but it's still a wish. I would love to go back to kindergarten. So anyways, it is a cool place. Two to three Apple computers in every class, a computer lab with about 25 computers in it, a milk cooler with large amounts of heavenly chocolate milk, and that almost attracted me to lay down in the cooler and become one of the chocolate milks. I love chocolate milk. It's the happiest drink in the world. I am available for chocolate milk tasting parties, and if you have one, you know, I'm ready. Miss Mortimer's class has a turtle named Boris. He already knows his alphabet and is working on some home basic algebraic formulas. Very smart turtle. They really know what they're doing at Cherry Hill. A good amount of kids getting off the bus have cool sunglasses on, such as Spider-Man, Superman, Barbie, Shrek, etc. I want the Spider-Man sunglasses, but I'm having a hard time finding a pair that will fit me and my big head. While I was there getting the tour of the place, I found myself saying, the words my dad said a lot when he, when I was a kid. You know, the sentence, In my day, we didn't have all this fancy, insert item here, technology, sports, etc., you know. So, in my usual fashion, I've taken this thought and made, you know, taken it a little further than it probably should go. Each new observation about the kindergarten will be followed by Grandpa rebuttal my dad's a rebuttal okay here's the first new observation there are no more room numbers there are neighborhoods you can be a member of the red blue green or yellow neighborhood each neighborhood has four classrooms with about 20 kids in each classroom grandpa here's the grandpa rebuttal in my day, we didn't have colors. The world was black and white, and we liked it. When the kids sit down for story time, they have little letter mats to sit on with a letter of the alphabet on them. Each child is given a letter, and they have to sit on the mat that was the letter is on. We sat on hot lava-shaped like letters so we wouldn't forget the alphabet, and we liked it. New observation. The playgrounds are filled with fun and safe equipment. Even bouncy horses, which I tried uh, when no one was looking, and will be purchasing a new one for the school. Who knew that they had a weight limit? Grandpa rebuttal. In my day, our swing set was made of recycled razor blades because of the war. The football we played with was a dead raccoon we found on the side of the road. It lasted all season. Instead of sand in the sandbox, we had broken glass because the bottle factory down the street donated it, and we still liked it. New observation. Teachers refer to the buses as big yellow rectangles to help the children learn their shapes and colors. Grandpa rebuttal. In my day, we didn't have rectangles. They weren't invented yet. We walked 20 miles to school, uphill, both ways, in the snow, with no shoes, and we cut down trees for firewood along the way to heat the classroom. 
Okay, this I didn't like, but I should have. New observation. Each child is given a name tag that goes around his neck and their name, the neighborhood color, the teacher name on it. This makes it easy for them to find their neighborhood and class when they get off the bus. Grandpa rebuttal. In my day, we didn't have names. Everyone was called kid, and we had to figure out the rest on our own. We ran around until someone kicked us into a classroom, and we liked it. New observation. Each child has their own little cubby to store coats, hats, and boots so that no one mixes up their stuff. They can keep their backpack and anything else they will need in their cubby to use whenever they want. Here comes Grandpa's rebuttal. In my day, the only cubby we had was grizzly bears that chased us small children through the woods so that we would get home faster to help with the chores. They were hired by the nuns to move us along. It is a little-known fact that only grizzly bears, their only natural enemy, is a nun with a yardstick. Makes the grizzlies run like a little girl in a spider convention. Oh, and by the way, we liked it. Kids at Cherry Hill really love to come to school and learn. You can see it in their faces. You can also see how much of the staff really loves what they do. Kids at Cherry Hill really love to come to school and learn. You can see it in their faces. You can also see how much the staff really loves what they do. You have to be an extra special person to work with 350 kindergartners per day. I guess if you love what you do, it's not a stretch to pull it off. Grandpa rebuttal. In my day, nobody liked what they did. We did it anyways, and we liked it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I had a good time at this kindergarten because it really showed the, you know, the overall fun that these kids have. It's fantastic, and I really enjoyed watching them. You know, these are all four- and five-year-olds, and the questions they would come up with and you know, I'd be in my wife's office and here comes one little kid with a bump on his head and he's crying and, you know, she would settle him down and check the bump and make sure he was okay and get him to stop crying and then go back to class and tell the teacher, make sure he doesn't get dizzy or anything like that. And I don't know, it was just fun to watch. So I really enjoyed it and I think that it wouldn't hurt a lot of people to go see their kid in the classroom, you know, kind of if there was a way to sneak in the back of the classroom and just watch the teacher teach and you'll realize that they don't get paid enough. These kindergarten teachers, you know, they're all entry level teachers, most of them, because the kindergarten is not always the easiest grade to teach. So it's not a sought after teaching area most of them look for first second or third grade where they can already at least read some smaller words and you know get a handle on the other things but I tell you some of these kids it's fun to watch because they just rip through their ABCs and and you know I was watching one kid he counted up to a hundred and he's in kindergarten I'm thinking I barely could tie my shoes 
Actually, I don't think I could tie my shoes. I barely could get dressed in the morning. So, you know, either way, much smarter than me. So that's my tour of the kindergarten. And I wanted to let you guys know about it because I thought it was pretty special. It was a lot of fun. All right. Well, I thought that would lead me into my next subject, which is how do you discipline a kindergartner? Because sometimes they get uh, pretty rowdy in class. And I've seen kindergartners, you know, kick their desk and knock over their chair. And actually, I've heard it. I haven't seen it. But it's amazing. They are hard to discipline and they're hard to keep, you know, in one place because they're all full of energy. And some of them come in hopped up on sugar. Thank you, Captain Crunch. And you just never know what you're going to get. You may get the kid to be still all day and be good or you may get the wild one you know the one that is all over the place and won't sit down and won't sit on his mat and won't lay down for their nap and it's just it's ridiculous but what are you gonna do kids five he's gonna kind of do it it's on his on his mind unfortunately like a lot of things the mystery of actually disciplining a five-year-old is still up in the air a five-year-old will listen to you but that doesn't mean they're going to do what you say Um, they have their own agenda sometimes you have to grab a five-year-old and sit them on your lap and try to explain what they're doing wrong now I have a granddaughter and she's five and one of the things that I've noticed is right at that five-year-old range four to five I don't know about six but four to five they're so sensitive to being either yelled at or even talked to about something they did wrong. I was at a party this, well, it was a family reunion kind of thing at uh, a nice house in Michigan that we rented, and we were playing bags, you know, the I think they call it cornhole, but um, it's one of those things that, you know, we were having a good time playing in the my daughter, my granddaughter kept coming up behind me and tickling me, and then I would grab her and tickle her, and it was a fun game. You know, we were having fun, but I was throwing the um, bag, and she came up to tickle me, and when I turned around, I just started to fall. I started, I tripped. My foot got caught on a big kind of hunk of grass, and I started to fall, and All I could think about is if I fall on her, she is going to end up with a broken bone. So on the way down, I was just praying because I was facing the opposite way. I couldn't push her away. So I hit the ground like a ton of bricks um, because my weight is almost a ton now. Well, all right, I'm lying. But it was painful and it was also scary. I was not concerned about what happened to me. I was concerned about what happened to her. And as it turns out, she was out of the way and didn't get hurt at all. But as soon as she realized that she had done something wrong, the tears came and they came heavy. And I went over to tell her, you know, Papa's okay. Don't worry about it. You didn't do anything wrong. Papa just tripped didn't help. The explanation was not satisfactory and the crying continued for 15 minutes. And finally I went over and I picked her up out of her mother's arms and I said, 
take a walk. And I sat her on my lap and I hugged her until she settled down. That's what you have to do with a five-year-old. Because sometimes they get so worked up because they're emotional at that age. You have to sit with them and just try to calm them down and tell them why they got yelled at or tell them why, you know, you took away their whatever game because they didn't, you know, they were making trouble in school or they didn't do something that the teacher told them to do. Maybe they didn't do their homework and they got in trouble for it. You know, you have to sometimes sit them down and say, this is what happens when you don't do what you're told. Your teacher wants you to do your homework, which means I want you to do your homework. And if you don't do it, this is what happens. You get your Xbox taken away and you will not use your Xbox for the next week. So you can work on the homework your teacher is luckily giving you extra time to do. So... Homework for a five-year-old is basically just coloring pages, but it's still homework. And, you know, the thing is, is that you just don't want them mad when they're coloring because, boy, does it look bad. It just looks really bad. But if you can get them to settle down, stop crying, you know, that wispy cry where they (laughs) can't get their breath, you know, uh, that's one of the things you got to stop and... (laughs) Once you stop that, then you can get your point across. Even then, sometimes your point doesn't really get across and they cry some more and eventually you just have to wait till they cry themselves out. But if you can do that, then they'll listen and you can get a pretty good deal with them at least. Yes, I'll do my homework, Papa, or yes, I promise I'll do everything Mama says, whatever. It will, it'll work because you took the time to sit with them and explain why they're being punished. It used to bother the hell out of me when I'd get spanked for some reason, but I was never told what reason. I remember my mom used to say, you should know what you're getting spanked for. (laughs) And I'd be like, well, I'm not a mind reader and I have no psychic abilities, which eventually changed. But At the time, I didn't have any, and I'd get spanked and be like, what did I do? What did I do? And sometimes I'd get an answer, but most of the time I didn't. So a little frustrating. And I think everybody should take the time to tell your child why they're being punished, especially a five-year-old, because, you know, they still will listen to you, but sometimes they just need a reminder that, They have to, you know, keep their room clean or they have to pick up their toys or, you know, all that stuff. And if you don't make them do it now, it'll be a habit. And then you'll end up with a kid that never cleans their room or makes their bed or cleans up toys in the living room that they're using, all that stuff. And they'll be leaving their bike in the driveway and you'll be running it over and paying for a new bike. And it's just ends up being a pain. So from a guy who's raised four kids all the way out of college. um, You really have to kind of be the soft touch at that level when they're five or six because they're so emotional. If you say one thing to them, like I said, they're going to light up and they're going to start crying like crazy. 
So remember that if you could, um, if you have a, you know, if you have a three-year-old or a four-year-old, it's getting to that point and you're going to have to figure out a way to do that. And I think that the best way to do it is calm, collective, and just taking your time and explaining what they did wrong. You know, you have to settle them down first so they're not crying anymore. Let the emotions, you know, settle down and then you can talk to them. But you really have to kind of pick them up and hold them to tell them that you still love them. You know, it's just that they made a mistake. And when you make a big mistake and it's your fault, there's consequences and they need to know that even at age five. So I thought that today's podcast would be good for people who have these little kids and as cute as they can be, they can sometimes get a little wild and you have to put the hammer down and disciplining children is difficult, especially at that age. But I hope you'll take some of my advice that I gave you and maybe put it to use, you know, instead of hauling off and spanking the living daylights out of the kid. Like I said, I don't like to hear any of that. I don't think that's necessary. And if you're doing it to your kid, then you're parenting wrong. So start over and remember that if you can't talk discipline into the child by either talking to them and telling them that there's going to be consequences if they do it again or taking away their Xbox or taking away whatever else they have, maybe a favorite toy, take it away and put it on top of the refrigerator for a week. And they'll look at that thing and say, well, I can't play with that because I was bad. That's not a bad thing to have them do. Have them look at it for that long and maybe they'll realize that it was a mistake to do what they did. They'll get the hint and hopefully behave from that point out. So, well, I think that's it. That's all I wanted to say today. So we'll end the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. This is Little Scotty signing off.